to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Film Bros Championship Podcast. I am Tim, and with me is my co-host Patrick. How you doing, buddy? Like a fish talking to a fucking oil tanker. That is that is my favorite line. Is it? Without it, that is my favorite. That's the <laughs> one that got the largest cackle from me uh, for this this non-horror movie of a movie we're doing today. Yeah, I, I was led astray, run amok. <laughs> it's just... It's not a horror movie. This is. It's not. I mean, even calling weird. it a thriller is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, I don't know. I, I I'm curious where. It, so it popped up on some list, I guess, as you came up on Wikipedia, and I had seen other people's like. You know, there was this one critic who did this like I'm watching a hundred horror movies uh, in a hundred days or whatever. And he listed this movie and he said he really liked it. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's interesting. I'll remember that for later. Especially since Graham Greene is in it. And it's a dude I like. Yeah. Um, and he's the best part of this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's go for it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like a bad X-Files episode. Yeah. I get <laughs> at least a little bit towards, the end of sorts uh it starts to get that way because there almost seems to be oh that's <laughs> more of a supernatural thing maybe possibly yeah, towards there the is end. definitely yeah but it, it it's it's weird how it's very it's very very subtle it's very subtle how they do it so I guess it's barely yeah. there, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just one of those like, uh, no monster this week, huh? We're doing we're doing one of these. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's, it, if anything, too, it's probably like a a Scully only episode too, or something. No, it's definitely just Mulder screwing around in the woods just, with the the Native oh, just Americans. Mulder, they give like Mulder some like attractive woman to partner up with. Oh, almost definitely. <laughs> Fair and enough. then Scully's there at the end, like, how was your vacation? You know, so, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jillian Anderson not available that week or whatever. Later <laughs> seasons when they're filming in L.A. Ugh. No, this is definitely early because we're in Canada. That's so, true. Yeah. I, I never I never realized how evil the Mounties could be. <laughs> well, I guess they're not the Mounties, but like, you'd be like... I've never really seen Canadian police and the Canadian government be the bad guys before. It's, it is, uh, uh, it Tim, is wild, wild stuff. Like, like my man Tom's, uh, <laughs> Tom said in this movie, and I, honestly, I think he was speaking for all Americans, all police are Mounties. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's just weird. I, I don't know if I've ever really, you know, I guess because, you know, obviously not really in that culture, Canadian culture. So it's just kind of weird to be like, Oh, it's usually my government that's the bad guys. This is, yeah, no, 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 no. This, this is, is plenty weird. of crappy Canadians too. We're all right. <laughs> yeah, right. There's bad people all around, I guess. Hmm. Speaking of X Files, we do have an X Files alumni in this movie, which made me very happy. It's not. Uh, what's his name? The chief? What is it? Wilf? Wilfer? Yeah, Wilf. Yeah, Wilf. It's Wilf. 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 Wilf was the. Yeah. Uh, is it the same dude that was like in all those? Hmm. Yeah, he played Albert Hostein, the guy who did the translating and helped out Mulder when he was in a coma and did his own sweat oh, yeah, lodge yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the same <laughs> one. Wow. Same guy. <laughs> he. So the X Files ones must be a bit later, though, right? Uh, 
I feel like X Files comes out actually maybe this year. Uh, yeah, but when, when he popped filmed, up on X Files was a little bit later, right? Yeah, I think it was season two or yeah. X Files started in oh I'm sorry X Files started in ninety three okay so it is all a bit later okay okay makes sense it computes yeah. it's an so, early ninety show <laughs> whose pick is this again? Twas mine. Twas yours. Okay. Twas mine. So I guess uh, give us the rundown on this non horror movie. You're never gonna let that one go. It's a, it's a. You know what? We we did do this before. We're like, I'm not so sure this is an action movie in season one, and it turned out to, yeah, be an action movie, and we really liked it and enjoyed it. So yeah, it worked out both times. Yeah, this is this <laughs> is the one time it didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It certainly didn't. <laughs> and it's not. I don't. What? I don't think it's a bad movie. It's it's okay. It's a it's movie kind of, that I will never be inclined to watch again. Exactly. But it has like one great performance that makes me like, if you like this person, you want to see him do something different. Yeah. Worth seeing. Fair enough. Uh, and I ranked it uh, suitably near other movies that I felt the exact same way about during this season. So yeah. this movie, uh, a white lawyer finds his value shaken when he is paired with an angry indigenous activist who insists on kidnapping the head of a logging company to teach him the price of his destruction. But it was his idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I guess. He makes him, like, rem- he reminds him of that routinely throughout it. Well, yeah, let's do your idea. Let's do your thing. Yeah, where this movie lands is just a really weird place. And I'm like, yeah. what? But, uh... <laughs> yep. So I guess we should get into it. Yeah, I guess let's just get into it. Uh, Hero... Yeah. Our our hero is pale-faced tribal lawyer Peter McGuire. Yeah. Uh, who is representing an Indian tribe protesting the building of a road being built only for the purpose of cutting down trees on native land. And he lost the case handedly. Yeah. Just got his butt kicked in Canadian court. Yeah, that's the vibe you get. Yeah. <laughs> like, he really didn't even, like... He keeps saying you have a chance, but then he eventually gets broken down. Like, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it's like, well, we can appeal, we'll appeal, and then he's like, it's never gonna work. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, right. I do have to say it's an interesting. They really do it interesting. He is a flawed, flawed hero, and and <sighs> he gets he gets called out on his BS quite a lot throughout the movie, which I, I did appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so, so this movie opens with Peter taking a seaplane to the clear cut site, uh, yeah. to give the tribe the bad news about losing the case. And my man has to wade through water, climb a small hill, traverse through the woods, all while holding a briefcase, which he never uses and drops it and loses it after he gets there. Yeah. It becomes a thing with the little girl throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, yeah. It turns out the briefcase has been swiped by Polly, the young native girl who helped Peter find the tribe from when he got off the plane. This will be important later. Kind of. <laughs> Wait, do we... Is she considered a side character, a sidekick? Um, no. So can we talk about her lighting up a cigarette right in the white right when we meet her? <laughs> if you'd like, go ahead. What? <laughs> That's it? What? Like, she she pulls it out and, and, and at first I think she just has the lighter or something at first. And I'm like... Huh. 
this is interesting. And then and then you see your lighter up and, and take puffs. And you're like, whoa, this is like should never go into the forest without matches, Tim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you might have missed a, a, a detail in this movie yeah. because you were so like, I don't know, disgruntled by the end. Uh, that's going to maybe kick you in the butt a little bit later. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> okay. Peter is depressed about losing the case and is overly apologetic to Wolf, who leads the tribe. Yeah, and, uh, and the tribe is very angry. Like every, like it's like a, a prolonged um, when he meet when he gets to the tribe and they're they're having protests and getting beaten up and all that kind of stuff. He's going from person to person asking for Wolf. And like each person is basically expletives at him, yelling at him, like you, like really like giving it to him. Right, but my he, when he runs into Wolf, he's got like this like Mark Rylance attitude uh, from Bridge of Spies. It's like it's all right, you know, you did yeah. your best. It just takes it in stride, and uh, eventually suggests that Peter should join him in the sweat lodge. I, I don't know what you do, Tim. I'd be utterly bored in a sweat lodge. How, how would you do? Um, That's a really good question. I, I am actually just like without wanting to do the drugs. But um, I'm, Did they I am, really do drugs? They didn't actually smoke anything. They kind of like moved it around their shoulder. I don't know. I think something. Was... I, did, I didn't see anybody taking any peyote. I think they just like because Peter eventually has some weird visions and we'll get into he that does. in a second. I thought he took something. I don't think he took anything. I think it's just pretty the sweat sure lodge got was, him going. I'm pretty sure they did something, but whether it was like in, they put it on the rocks, so it was something they were breathing in or something he took, I don't quite remember. Hmm. I was distracted by the Giants game on my phone while I was watching, but... Um, Ooh. Sorry. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm pretty... He had to have taken something because, yeah, he trips. Well, you know, like you could just because from all the sweating and everything. And there is a bit of a Tyler Durden thing going on. No, there isn't, but go on. No, because he sees him a couple of times before he even has visions. Yes, but other people him. interact with Arthur after besides him. So it's not No, he doesn't other people don't interact with him until after the right, but there's nothing Tyler lunch. Durden about that because the, Tyler Durden only interacts with Edward Norton's character. No, I get no, that's but, but you know, that he's not in his head. If you okay, but if you see, actually, for a little bit, I was thinking, is he going to wake up out getting out of the sweat lodge or something at some point in this movie? I um, wondered that too. If they were going to yeah. pull that nonsense, it's like oh, because there were like the first time you see him, um, you don't see his face. And you see, like, he comes, like, I think it's towards the beginning of the movie. He's just, his yeah, chest the is side. there. And, and you just see his chest, and he kind of looks, and that's about it. And then I yeah. believe he pops up again, bef- again before the sweat lodge. But again, you don't really see him too much. And it's in and out of the frame pretty quickly. So that's kind of what I meant with the Tyler Durden thing. Because in Fight Club, right, he makes these little short little appearances. Okay. For your sure. Rhymes. That's kind of but- what I meant. He's not in his head, so it's like... Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did think they might have gone that way at one point. <laughs> but they didn't. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I said, Arthur, Peter has these weird visions, and he sees yeah. Arthur, a man who he briefly saw at the cut site. 
Yeah, he also with sees some blood on some rocks see, and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he sees blood on rocks, water, and he eventually lands in a looks like pet cemetery for a second there at the end of it. A little bit, yeah, because it, it looked like some like weird looking dead tree log stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so fast forwarding. Um, because honestly, a lot of the stuff that happens in between this and the next thing I want to talk about with Arthur. But uh, Peter is bullied by Arthur, uh, an outraged Indian, into helping him kidnap the lumber mill manager, Bud Ricketts. Right, which was his idea. Right. Well, so Peter first meets Arthur at, yeah. at the docks, and Arthur asks him, How's it going? You know, and Peter tells him about how. Annoyed he is about everything, and how angry he is, and he says, "You know, like, like you know, what I'd like to do is kidnap the lumber mill manager and skin him alive, and burn down the mill." Right, but he's like trying to—he's kind of joking about it. He's kind of joking uh, about it, but it's it, yeah, it's it's out of a pure frustration with the system, and this seems this, right. He's this not being be the solution. This is, I'm not going to be able to win in court, so this is what needs to happen. But like, he is doing it in a way of like. He is clearly joking. Yeah, uh, but Arthur thinks it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, he does a whole, huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Peter meekly keeps protesting, even though Arthur doesn't really threaten Peter with any violence and doesn't even tie Peter up until later they succeed yeah. and regroup at Wolf's Cabin. And it's just like, why are you just going along with this? What are you doing? It's, it's very annoying. And he does this a lot. Like even after he gets tied up, he eventually gets untied and just still seems like hanging around, well, not at one doing point, anything. There's another character that's like, "You are not tied up right now. You could go get help. Like you could do this. You could do like." I think he gets reminded of this a couple other times. Where so it does, yeah, frustrating. Like yeah, multiple times. Yeah, you could like do anything. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You should understand." It's like, oh. Well, I, and I guess that's kind of, I feel like that's probably what the movie's trying to do or say is this guy's not really fighting um, and he's yeah. going through the motions type of deal. And this is why they lost in that court case. And if he really wanted to fight. So basically it's it's trying to get him some, some gross, some chest hair is, is I feel like is what the movie's <laughs> well, trying to do. Oh, he's got plenty of chest hair. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> we see that in the sweat lodge. Yep. Just, just you know, I was thinking about this while in the sweat lodge scene. Like, this is why they mostly just put pretty people on screen, because this is just unpleasant to look at for this long. <laughs> just a bunch of yeah. guys who are not in like tip top shape in their in, in a towel. Like, I'm hmm. pretty sure we only see maybe three females tops this entire movie, and one of those is a little girl. Yeah, yeah, and it's just and they're all very much clothed and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you do see a lot of shirtless men in this movie, and nobody's in great shape. Like no, no one's. And then, but and then when you're like sitting crisscross applesauce in a sweat lodge, there's no like attractive way to sit in a way that looks like presentable. Yeah. Everyone's just like, yeah, we're just all letting it hang out and not looking great. Although I, <laughs> I would, I would say a lot of the natives though they don't have like a gut gut where there's like rolls or anything like that it's all like solid good you know what i'm talking I about i just mean yeah i do know what you mean but it's like not like i'm just saying it's not an attractive yeah. way there's no like way to sit attractively in this no. position no. so it's just like oh this we're letting things all hang out and it doesn't look good for sure uh <laughs> so what at one point while the, um peter and bud ricketts are kidnapped by <laughs> arthur uh 
Peter gets into it with uh, with Ricketts, and, and I like this line. Or he asks, Bud, now you think they'll take a break for your funeral or just go double cream in their coffee? <laughs> it's like all of a sudden personality appeared out of nowhere from Peter. You're like, oh, hey, look at this. Yeah. He has a couple of moments of this, and it and it and like it's more when he's trying to, yeah, when he's talking to Ricketts and he's frustrated with Ricketts and he doesn't think he's a good person. So that those are like the rare times where he like shows a little bit of something. Yeah. Here's my thing with this character. Yeah. It's not particularly well written. No. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. And you needed like a really good actor to shine through for this to make this movie more watchable. And it didn't have it. No. This guy yeah. is a charisma vacuum. He's a hard person to like. Right. So you needed somebody who was likable yeah. in that role. And I like do this like guy his you don't voice. I'll give him that. I think he's got a he's got a cool voice to him. Okay, um, I, I didn't get but, that. Okay. But yeah, no, he's not a very likable character. He's he is a, you needed he's someone who's no a backbone. He does not yeah. have charisma, as you said. And but that's why you say you needed a character, an actor who just like kind of oozed charisma to like right. paper over these flaws so you can make this performance more watchable. Yeah. And this actor just doesn't have it. Or someone to root for, for with that, right? Or Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. And, like, and it's supposed to have this redemption thing where he learns to like fight, stand at up the for ends. himself, right? Yeah, and it's but like if you wanted a young Canadian actor to play, like if you had gotten Kiefer Sutherland to play this part and his nebbish, and then suddenly, what would have been a way better movie? If you yeah, got Michael I, J. Fox to do this part, I think way they're both movie. way out of their price range at this point. Oh, like they're on their without upswing. a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. My point though is that there were other young Canadian. Right. Canadian I'm sure you yeah. can find one. Yeah. This 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 guy was not it. Yeah. Not not at all. Um, um yeah. <laughs> so, after being dragged further into this forest by uh, Arthur, uh, Arthur decides to start building a sweat lodge and uh, Peter asks Arthur if he has to kill him to make this all stop. Yeah. And Arthur responds by presenting his knife and lodging it into a fallen tree. And yep. he turns around and explains how to kill a man with it. Peter picks up the knife, raises it to kill, and then just like the nebbish dweeb he is, he jams it back into the fallen tree. It's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. Is there, before that, so when he is reminded that he is not tied and he should run for it like go find those hunters that we got shot at yeah i put that one in action but yeah yeah well i'm not yeah we could talk about but i i I think the interaction there was interesting because he was yeah go ahead yeah sorry yeah it almost seemed like he was trying to hey we've been kidnapped but not sell arthur out at the same time yeah he just wants everyone to get along yeah. And it's like, uh, what now? After everything that has happened to you and such, like, this is what you're trying to do? And again, it made it so much harder to like him again. Yeah, I love it when he falls down during that and he like hurts his elbow. It's like, like he just holds it the whole time. Like I've got an owie. Yeah, I'm like yeah, that's just a like, good point. Yeah, it's like, ugh. Uh, so in the end, uh, Wilf brings Peter and Bud back to his cabin. And Wilf and Peter are arrested by the cops. Polly is there, that the little Indian girl uh, that we yeah. t- mentioned earlier. 
and offers Peter his briefcase back. And Peter thanks Polly, but says, I don't need it anymore. He then right. notices that Polly is wearing the same necklace as Arthur. Spooky. Oh, yeah. See, I did miss the necklace part. Yeah, so Polly was really Arthur all along. It's the same character. It's because Arthur is a mystical Indian spirit. We find out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you do see like her, her the briefcase is like filled with all this kind of stuff, like this, you know, junk stuff. <laughs> and junk. Yeah. So I don't know if that was part of whatever she was trying to do, because you do kind of like see her following along a lot of times in the periphery um, in a lot of shots, especially earlier on. Exactly, yeah. Okay, I guess, I, yeah, I totally missed the necklace thing, but that makes sense. Yeah, especially yeah. for how it ends there with blew, Arthur. Yeah, blew your mind, didn't I? Um, <laughs> like I said, it's like the ending of an episode of X Files. You're like, eh, not one I'm gonna want to revisit. Yeah, it's a solid point. It's a solid, <laughs> solid point. Yeah. So, what did you give our hero here? A one. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what would you give me? Uh, no, I, I, I went one. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, there's. Again, like, I don't think he was, like... He's not, like, annoying. Uh, right. The character is annoying, but the actor isn't. But it, there's no, he doesn't... <sighs> the actor is fine. There's just nothing really He's there. He's buried under this bad character. Right. And it's just, like... It's... So, like, I don't like this person at all. Yeah, I, I get what they're trying to do. But, yeah, it definitely seems to be miscasted or something... Um You're not giving a reason to really root for this guy at all. No, no. And like the whole movie seems to be pointing to like him, like you said, taking the lesson for you. All right, let me put it down. The director says uh, that he set out to portray the issues that he saw existing with pacifism. By forcing the viewer to consider the arguments of the characters alongside their actions, he hoped to show the viewer the complexity of these issues where good and evil is not so easily divided. I guess. Yeah. Because you know what's, um, and we'll probably get it to later, because I don't, I don't know what you'll, if you put him in villain or, or sidekick, but. Um, Bud? The, the Ricketts. I put um, him in side character. He's he's way more charismatic. He's oh, like, he's so good. I love Michael Hogan. Better, yeah, he's such a better charismatic actor, and, and, and uh, it becomes harder to, to hate the person I think you're supposed to hate. I don't hate him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Cause let's get to the best part of the movie. The villain. Yeah. So Graham green plays Arthur, the outraged Indian out for revenge. And he injects the movie with some much needed charisma. Yeah, Absolute highlight of this film. Oh my God. Like the, <laughs> He's so, and this is a guy I, you you know him. You've seen him in a million things. Yeah, I mean, Tim and I love him from Maverick. We love him from Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, the list yeah. goes on and on about Graham Greene stuff. I mean, he's just recently he's... really funny scene in um, Last of Us. Yeah, he, he it goes back to the charisma thing again. Yeah, right. He and he's he's got oodles of it. Mm-hmm. Um and and so it it 
it becomes pretty easy to to like him like right away and and even with like uh you know so what should we do and then he gives him the answer he goes huh you know all right that's good but like the way he delivers it it's like it's perfect exactly yeah and and there's a lot of that throughout the movie and i guess that's it it does become kind of the problem where he's the villain but he you end up kind of rooting for him you definitely like him like a whole lot more than anyone else in the movie yeah i mean he's you feel like the righteous anger coming off of him yeah and 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 i guess the and where maybe other things were miscasted this was so perfectly casted because Mm -hmm. there are points where he is asked to do and say some stuff that is could be divisive you know especially in the (laughs) hotel room or motel room whatever you want to say where he starts you know going in especially on race stuff and all that kind of stuff that could you know probably rub people the wrong way or come off wrong and I think he executes it perfectly. Hmm. So while hitching a ride across the lake on a rowboat with Wolf and Peter, Arthur chats up Peter and rolls his eyes uh, at Peter's understanding of native culture. Yeah. Well, Peter tells him, well, I've read quite a few books. Yeah. And Arthur's like, come on, man. Arthur tells him that Indians have an oral tradition. And then he pulls a garter snake out of the bag, bites off his head, spits it out, and tosses the snake carcass overboard and says, that's oral tradition. <laughs> that was definitely a, uh, what? Yeah, no, it's definitely a WTF moment? moment, but I'm like, well, this is a new energy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, You know what? Again, uh, a lesser actor in this role, that, that would have really been even, that would have been awful. Oh, yeah. um, as much as it like really was like uh, what it didn't make much sense, but it was like this dude is so good. There's so there's much always energy. like a goofiness to him, like layered with the yeah. menace, and the menace right. is real for sure. Uh, but there's always like a goofy playfulness to him that you just like you can't help but be a little bit charmed by. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it, it, it remind me, I want to come back to um, or come to that point in action where. Um, in the hill where they're trying to go up the, the hill yeah. cliff face thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His energy an in that scene is, is awesome. And mm. it, it, he all of a sudden becomes terrifying mm. in that one moment. But so we'll come back. Yeah. So Arthur shows up at Peter's motel room and tells him the idea that Peter had about skinning the mill manager was a good one. So he's there to collect Peter and get his help kidnapping the mill manager and skin him alive by running him through his debarking machine at the mill. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yep. <laughs> now, that would be some horror. It would have been, yeah. yeah. We'll be, at least just took it a little bit later. <laughs> uh, I, I, very little bit. Uh, <laughs> so Arthur kidnaps Bud Ricketts with Peter in tow and brings them back to Wolf's cabin. Uh, Peter asks what Arthur is going to do with Ricketts, and Arthur responds, I could scalp him and be a good, a real engine. I should be a real engine, shouldn't I? He does that a couple of times with the engine stuff. It's yeah, funny. it's funny. Yeah, he's yeah. the mocking way. He's like, oh, I just I can't well, stand yeah, he's these mocking people. with the stereotypes and everything. Exactly, but it's just like, I can't stand you people. I really can't. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you love it. Which is funny because like, we keep bringing up Maverick because that's another thing he does in, in Maverick he, quite a lot. 
No joke. After I finished typing up these notes, I went onto YouTube and watched his like couple of scenes that he had from Maverick. It's like <laughs> that's great. Because the way he says like you know I was like you know they make they make me talk like they do in the books. You know how white man. The way yeah. he says how white man always <laughs> cracks me up. Uh, Bunch a, of assholes. Like, it's a you know him and uh, Gibson were actually really good together. So there was a lot of great back and forth between. Speaking of a, a charisma, there's a movie that just like has like an atomic. <laughs> Bomb, bomb level of everybody of with charisma. Oh my god! Poor in that whole movie. Yeah, yeah. We got Alfred Molina here playing like a villain that barely talks. Like, oh my god. Yeah. The cup over. shows up for like two seconds and is mm-hmm. is great. You know, so good. Love That's Maverick. Great. Um, Aren't you gonna look at your cards? Ain't you gonna look at your card? Yeah. <laughs> god, Jodie Foster in that movie too. Ugh. Who's also out of this world in that movie? Yeah. All right, we got to get back to this Sorry, one, okay, yeah, yeah. We need a whole podcast. Just talk about Maverick. We really could. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, in in the scene, uh, Ricketts offers Arthur a job at the mill, and Arthur replies, like, a fish talking to a fucking oil tanker. And, yeah, that one yeah, got me that's a, a, a good belly love. kiss line. It is, yeah. and it's so well delivered. It's great. It's just, like, you know, oozing sarcasm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> The way it's said, the facial expression while it's said, it's perfect. Yeah. And then later I got, uh, I love Arthur mockingly doing an Indian chant before telling Peter to sit down in the canoe. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> he does it a couple of times too. Like I have to say the, um, when they do go to the sweat lodge later. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and he starts doing like the chant stuff and everything. And he's like, yeah. He's I have that lost one. his mind, you know. I have that particular chant written down in action because okay. uh, there's a little bit of gore involved in it. It's like, yep, I'm going to include this. Fair enough, yeah, because it, it really is. But it's it, it's just some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, once again, Graham Greene, so good in this movie. Yeah. The reason to watch this movie is to watch his performance. Uh, yeah, I would agree. If, 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 if something's worth it, that, that would be it. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're a fan of this actor, which I think we both are, I I don't feel yeah. sorry for watching this movie because I got to see this guy just ball out for like a hundred minutes. Yeah. If anything, it's it's um, what's kind of confirmed all my suspicions about him over the years. Like this guy's really good. God yeah, damn it! I think the depressing part is like he never really got a another shot like this. In this. No, really. never. And it's, yeah. it's why he calls this one of his favorite his favorite movie he ever did. Oh, really? favorite role he ever did yeah well i mean it was just a display of his abilities uh and mm-hmm. he got it he got a big chunk of the movie and i feel like everything else i've seen him in it's all been pretty bit parts and smaller roles yes. so yeah yeah i get that life is a character actor yeah uh so arthur confronts a couple of hunters who peter tries to go for to help to go to for help and arthur says do i look like a fucking moose elmer <laughs> Yes. That 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 one really got me too. That was a, that is another really good one. You're right. Uh, yeah. Arthur scares and intimidates the hunters to walk away, but not before one of the hunters gives Arthur like all of his money to bribe Arthur into letting them walk. And I gotta ask, why did this guy go hunting in the woods for moose like with like a casino bankroll in his po- pockets? Like just like there's a nuts know. amount of bills there. I like how he like he just takes takes the money and just leaves his hand there and you get some more money. Yeah. And, and then I, I really do love when, um, 
when Peter's trying to call him out about, no, oh, we're well, just going to accept, you know, some pocket change or whatever. And he just throws the money like down. Yeah. Like, he starts to count it and then just throws it away. He's like, yeah, not interested but in it's a shit. good, it's a good moment from him again. Like he, it's one of the few times where he actually gets like a little turned up. Like he gets actually a little angry. Mm-hmm. He's actually a little insulted. It doesn't really happen that often. Usually he's pretty calm and cool. Yeah. Throughout everything, even in the most insane stuff, he's usually pretty calm and cool. And this is the one time where he's insulted by Peter and he throws it down and 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 throw hurls some insults back and such. And it, it was a good scene too from him. Mm. Um how about Arthur just randomly eating a spider and looks at Ricketts and says, Apache style. Yeah. <laughs> that was a real another WTF, like, what? It uh, yeah, I'm curious if that that one was real. That that one looked a little real. <laughs> uh, anyway, eventually Peter and Arthur have a fight at the end of this movie, and uh, after Arthur is satisfied that Peter is finally willing to fight to kill, he goes into the lake, sinks, and disappears. Yeah. Until eventually we figure out that him and Polly are the same person, and that he really is this mythical creature that uh, Wilf gives him a lowdown about which i'll talk about later inside characters yeah it gives him a little smirk and like yeah you learned now like you've learned the lesson so now i will sink yeah so before we get into action i gotta ask him okay go for the it. lesson of this movie is like yeah you should like kill people i don't I don't. <laughs> it's just, it's think just like so. I don't. I mean, I get. I get why. Yeah, I can see someone thinking that, but I. I don't think so. I. I think because it wasn't merely fighting Arthur that made him satisfied. It was when he was willing to shoot him and kill him that he's like. He gave him like you know. Because I think the, the the nod of approval like. Yeah. Right. Because I I think like the towards the beginning where he's just kind of like passive aggressive, like, oh, well, I could do this, but I failed. And it's like, man, like he wasn't really invested. His heart wasn't in it. He wasn't really trying everything. And I think they could tell. And I think that's like, like, what what do you think Peter does at the end of this movie? Like after the movie? Like, what's his next step in life? Is he a lawyer Um, anymore? Or is he like, no, he's rejected jail. Has he rejected being a lawyer? He's like, no, 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 I'm going to be a, a, I don't know, a crime-fighting Avenger now. Do you think he had a real Porsche or something or a fancy car? I'm, I mean, considering who he's representing, I doubt he got a lot of money out of that. Well, so I'm like, if he's a Rick lost cause guy. the other way around. So that's why right. I was like, curious, yeah, yeah, like yeah. how does things work in Canada? <laughs> Do these kind of lawyers actually make good? Yeah, they were mentioned like, well, you know, he gets paid whether they win or lose I'm like that's not the way it works here they only get paid if they win yeah well yeah usually it's it's like well, based well off of it, right? in based like when you're suing if you're doing right. like you know this 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 kind of like if you're doing like a murder trial yeah you get paid no matter what but this right, one right right like, it's a civil case so yeah exactly i'd be like this is this would be only if he wins so i that's why i'm curious if it's slightly different in in canada like does it does that work differently that's what because that's what i was like um and even if like it's not the case i'm like this tribe does not have any money 
Clearly, there's, there's no casinos anywhere around here. Yeah. So like, and they, and they I, even I don't think he's a making reference to here with our villain, um, where he goes like, yeah, nothing works. And, like and it the, might be just, yeah, there's no telephone. There's no, yeah. The, the sewer system's awful. Like it's all broken. Like nothing really works. Like we don't, yeah. cause he's like, cause Rick is trying to make this argument of like, look at all this great stuff that Western society and technology has given you. And he's oh. like, yeah, it's all crap. <laughs> I forgot to ask uh, about Peter. Apologies yeah. for going backwards. Uh, well, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go to what would you give villain uh, real quick. Um, We're going to do the last thing for about Peter. All right. Um, I went three. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so about Peter, I just got to ask real quick. Have you ever understood like the zip the first like three inches of your jacket look? No. That's what he does in the beginning of the movie. He, he's, he's wearing a jacket. I don't think I noticed shirt. But I'd know the look. And he has the zipper about. up only like three inches, like just to his, like, not even to his belly button, I don't think. Maybe just. You know who did that a lot was Arnold. Eh, you're probably right. Yeah. Well, Arnold, I can understand it. That man is just all muscles, and I'm sure his chest is his so chest large, is wide. Yeah. It doesn't really fit him. But, like, this guy is not Arnold at all. No. So, like, what, what are we doing here? What is this? I don't know. But, okay. you know, it's Canada, behind the times. And that's one thing I, I noticed. This was too, an was early like, 90s thing. I just wanted to see. This filmed because, like, I'm, I'm curious to film and release. Is there a little bit of a delay or is it because it's Canada? Because it's like, this movie looks older than 92. Well, I theoretically filmed in 90. It was ready and done by 91 and uh, didn't come out in the United States until 92. Right. Okay. But, you know, I think even, like, watching, like, Canadian horror movies uh, from, like, the 80s and stuff, uh, it always looks, like, 10 years behind everything else. Yeah, that's why I was wondering <laughs> is because it was Canadian, it's just, it just it's going to look a little bit more dated than it should be. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw, like, the original My Bloody Valentine, uh, which no. I really enjoy. That, that one, like, looks like it was filmed, like, a decade before it actually was. <laughs> or at least five years behind, like American movies of the yeah. quality at the time. All right, fair enough. Yeah, it threw me at first. Mm. All right, because like the intro stuff seemed to be some of the most horror you're going to get too for a while. Had a little Jaws-ish thing in the water and everything, and, and the slow to the the coast. It's like, oh, this is kind of cool. <coughs> but yeah, Jaws thing in the water. Yeah, because it's kind of sl- the camera's panning through underwater stuff, and looking oh. at some of the bones and things like that were under the water with some kind of, sorry, uh, some kind of like um, eerier, I guess, type music. Oh, must have missed. I might have been looking at my phone during the credits. <laughs> I was like, okay, it wasn't scenics. anything special. I'm like, yeah, scenery, scenery, scenery. Okay, got it. Playing. Yeah, yeah, I get the gist. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. So let's move on to action. Yeah, not a whole lot here. Yeah, I kind of stretched a bit. Uh, yeah. So to prove Arthur's point that asking and playing nicely will get them nowhere, Arthur quietly bullies Peter into telling his noisy neighbors to quiet down. Yep. Uh, and after Peter gets nowhere fast, Arthur bursts into the room with a really big knife, like Rambo knife. Yeah, it's a Rambo knife. Yeah, for sure. Pretty much is. And Arthur threatens to kill the noisy neighbors unless Peter hogties them with, like, duct tape. Yeah, and they really, like, spin them around in the duct tape. 
yeah, get their yeah. eyes and mouth and all that kind of stuff. This is a very handy roll of tape. Roll of yeah. duct tape fixes anything and does duct a lot of work in this movie. Oh man, yeah. So after Peter ties them up, Arthur raises a war club uh, to brain one of the neighbors, but Peter begs them off. Yeah, and I'm, this this war club, by the way, is like video game like. Like, it just disappears in your item chest or whatever. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like, like, where did that come from? Where did it the, go? I don't the know. The bag he's got does not look large enough to carry this club. Because <laughs> he's wearing basically, like, a black t-shirt and jeans the entire movie. So it's like, where is this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He does have, like, a bag uh, that he's, like, sometimes is carrying. But you, you see at one point there's nothing in the bag. Yeah, and only in this beginning of this movie. Otherwise, the bag is not there. Even yeah. though he can still pull out the war club out of nowhere. He's like, Q. He's just like... Yeah. It's just there. Like, <laughs> yeah. to me, it's, just, it's like, what? What is this item chest that you have? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then, he, he going to break, Peter stops him from braining one of the guys, uh, the, the noisy neighbors. And then he moves to destroy the TV with the club. But just quietly turns off the TV off with it. Yeah, but I do like it where he, where it's like he finally he stops only because Peter seems to slightly grow some chest hair in that scene, mm. right? So he finally like is stop. He's like okay, like he's so clearly that's the goal is that's what he's trying to do. Like, yeah, good call. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're, we're I, getting I'm you not- there. I finally got you somewhere where I need you to be. All right, let's move on. Not gonna as lie. far as I could go, kind of right. deal. We're, we're getting somewhere. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've had this fantasy uh, multiple times while being in hotel rooms with neighbors. Yeah, that's like, true. You have a lot more experience with Shut this. up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I'm like next to people who are having an affair, obviously. I'm like, well, this is... Do I turn the TV on to let them know I'm here? Or... I don't think they do care. Do I just let this go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So Arthur drives Peter out to a gas dish station, which he somehow knows Ricketts will be at. Yeah, they even have a line, too, from Peter. Like, how did you know he was going to be here? But I guess it's a real small town. Yeah, the thousand gonna people, I guess. going to fill up eventually, I guess? I, yeah, maybe there's only one gas station in town, and he knows he's low on gas somehow. But I've had some but, friends. Like, I've had a friend in college where they he told me the only thing in town was a gas station slash subway, and that was it. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe uh, – because well, once we know, find out that he's a mystical creature uh, actually in disguise, it's like, okay, yeah. fine. Sure. Uh, so <laughs> – while Ricketts is pumping gas, Arthur lightly runs into Ricketts' car. Enough to move it, but doubt it has, like, major damage. Like, the car is right. still drivable. And when Ricketts comes to yell at him, he's like, You dumb idiot! And complains. Uh, he sticks his head in Arthur's truck to get into his into Arthur's face. And Arthur rolls the window up and traps Ricketts. Yeah. And then quickly duct tapes his mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a fun scene. No explosion. Sorry, Tim. No, I don't know. I don't think there is any in this movie. No explosions. Yeah, no explosions. It's a major hit. Yeah. Yeah. Explode. So, <laughs> so the next bit of action is um, after they've already been kidnapped. Peter wakes up on a rock one day, and this is the bit of horror I was talking about. He There's wakes a up lot on of a- random, by the way, of like you're in one scene and then it just cuts to like a different locale, and I'm waking up again. Like there's. <laughs> 
Like, how many days have passed? Like, what is this? It's a good question. Obviously, more than a couple, considering the growth on Peter's facial hair at the end of the movie. It must be a real big lake that we're just motorboating around in. That was another thing. Like, oh, here's some more action of them motorboating or rowing to some other location. Yeah, no, they're in a canoe. And they motorboat from they motor this thing from one end of the lake to the other, and then he drags the damn canoe across the forest to go into another part of the lake and go again. But then at the end of the movie, Wilf just takes one boat ride to pick up the last the, the two guys. Yeah. So like, I think at one point, where do they go? Dismantles the uh, the motor. Yeah, he does for no reason. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, it's this, this is the end. That's at yeah. the, their final location. Uh, anyway, so back to this one bit of horror that I was talking about. Uh, Peter wakes up on a rock on the lakeshore and comes across Arthur skinning the bottom half of Rickett's leg. Yeah. And cauterizing the wound with a flaming tree branch. Apparently, Arthur tried to escape. I'm sorry. Apparently, Rickett's tried to escape off screen and Arthur just wasn't going to get him. And uh, Arthur See, tells. That, Pete, I didn't realize that he tried to escape. That was a. It was a line of dialogue. You know, he tried to get away. They always try to get away. I missed that one. Okay. Because I just and, thought it was he was finally making that to come to fruition. Well, then he Peter says wanted. to Peter, like, you said you wanted him skinned alive, right? Well, I'm your fra- I'm your friendly neighborhood cruel Indian. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, too, where he's just, um, he's like, oh, what are you going to do? Well, I got to cauterize the wound. What do you think I am? Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't want him to die. <laughs> but it's a good little bit of gore. It's a nice uh, special effect. Yeah, they they do show it. I mean, it's a little it, it's a little crazy how he seems to be so complacent about getting his leg cut. Uh, no, skin, he's got but... like a you know he's got a, tr- a branch in his mouth. He's screaming like crazy. He, that's well, how yeah, Peter he does have the branch thing. in his mouth. It, I'm trying to remember because at one point he does cut Ricketts' arms free. So I can't remember yeah, if that's, that's, that's before or after that. That's after that because Peter basically got to drag him around to move because. Right. His, He's delirious from the pain from his leg being skinned. Yeah. Which, by the way, everybody, Peter has been freed from his bondage for quite a while. It's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but again, and to bring this point home, it's like Ricketts, who we'll get to again in side character, who's kind of a bad guy, is the one that has to routinely tell him, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the hell is your problem? Like, go do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so two Mounties, they're not actually Mounties, but all cops are Mounties. Sure. Uh, find uh, Peter, well, Arthur, and Ricketts in the woods, and Arthur shoots the first one in the head, yeah. and then gut shots the second, and then brains him with his club. Yeah. Unfortunately, the club impact happens off screen. We just cut to Peter yelling, Peter going, no! Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you got Arthur building a sweat lodge. And he and Peter and Ricketts are sweating it out. Arthur makes the lodge extra smoky and does the yeah. Billy from Predator move and uses his knife to cut diagonally down his chest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and cuts his pinky off. Yeah. He cuts his own pinky off and starts mockingly chanted, I'm going to cut my finger off and make a necklace for your fat fucking white man. No, uh, <laughs> fat um, fuck white man. Yeah, what's what's I, I I love this part too because it at, uh, during all this craziness, um, because Peter's yelling at him, he's doing it wrong because of the smoke and all that kind of stuff. It's not supposed to be smoke based or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, and then um, Ricketts is like freaked the hell out. So he starts praying. That comes afterwards, but yeah. Right, right. Well, I'm saying well, he does the Lord's Prayer, right? And yes. so while he's doing the Lord's Prayer, that's when he starts doing that chant of, I'm going to cut my fingers off and, and whatever and give it to yeah. your God or whatever and all that. Like, it's like, oh, man, that's <laughs> messed up. Like, Well, then Peter starts freaking out. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and then uh Arthur basically shuts him up by just continually shooting his gun into the to the top yeah. of the lodge until he just shuts up because you're you're bothering our prayers. <laughs> yeah, they have to pure them purify themselves for the next step. I guess why are they doing this? That that's no. what he says. It's, it's oh because okay. I think he's trying to intimate to him that the ne- we we skinned him, we did all that kind of stuff. The next step is I guess burning down the mill or whatever. So before we do that, we have to purify ourselves. It's kind of yeah. just I was getting. They never got quite near the mill, but No, um, yeah, that's what I was wondering is the mill up there? But no, we're just there to look at some scenery. It was gorgeous. Not going to lie. True that. Canada, beautiful country. So Arthur drags Ricketts up a mountain and threatens to hang him when they reach the top. Yeah. Peter gives chase and kicks Arthur down the mountain like John Wick 4 style. Right. <laughs> and then Arthur just gets back up, chases them down, and knocks Peter down even further than he fell. I don't think you did this justice. I really like this part. Please expand. Yeah. I really loved how Arthur is like fast spider werewolf whatever you want to like he's almost galloping up yeah that's the true hill. yeah so it's like he kicks him down you're like oh wow there he is he's growing a pair um and then all of a sudden you have the shot of him like he's zooming up that hill like mm-hmm. on all fours going up and you're like if that dude was coming up all fours like that all serious that would be really scary i'm not gonna lie like that's kind of crazy looking yeah. And then, I, yeah, kicks him all the way, way further. By the way, Graham Greene, by the way, is your height. So he's not like a giant dude. No. He's 5'10". But I think comparatively who he's with. Yeah, to these two guys, yeah. Yeah. like He's, he's definitely more intimidating. He I think big. Ricketts might be taller, but like, but clearly he's just a bigger, broader dude, too. That's a good um, question. I don't know. I Maybe. I mean, it's possible Ricketts just is... is, is scrawnier maybe i gotta find out how tall uh, tall uh, colonel saltai is now it's <laughs> he is taller you're right five eleven and a half got him by okay an so there you go <laughs> it's uh, not that he was towering by any means but yeah no. i don't know i really that was some really good physical acting and i was kind of impressed the way he went up that hill mm. yeah no you look great uh so peter eventually catches up to arthur and ricketts and while Arthur is deep in prayer, uh, Peter sneaks away down the mountain with Ricketts, and they fall down most of it. Yeah. Once again, John Fook Four style. Yep. Uh, when they reach the boat, Arthur is waiting for them, and Peter and Arthur finally fight. And that's that's where they see that the, the motor has been taken apart, so they can't. And there's no quick getaway. Right. Uh, it's a good fight. I I especially liked Peter tackling Arthur off a tall rock and into the water. That's the part I liked. I don't know about the rest of it. The rest of it's just kind of eh. uh, it's well. That's that's yeah. That was a nice little bit of physical action. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He basically it almost is like a, a rock 
kind of slightly protruding upwards, um, almost rampish style. And he kind of he just tackles right into the torso and launches them both into the water. Which yeah, it's not nice. like they went, we went off like uh, Harrison Ford in The Fugitive like down the dam, but this it was a good right. size height. Like, uh, no, but it they, looked yeah. it looked practically done. I don't think yep, Peter did good. it, but um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think it, it it looked it looked legit. It looked like yeah, if you got hit like that off, yeah, that would that would be something. Mm. So Arthur gets the upper hand in the water and starts drowning Peter. And somehow Peter finds Arthur's knife in the water and stabs him. And Peter then grabs Arthur's gun, misses with the first shot, and the gun clicks empty with the second. Right. <laughs> but it looks like that was gonna be the kill shot. Right, and that's when Arthur is satisfied that Peter's ready to fight Gil and goes into Lake Sinks and disappears. Right. Which I was like, man, it wasn't that much further away than where they already were. How is he sinking that deep? <laughs> is it that big of a drop-off in the depth there? Man, all right. No, it's just clearly a mystical character. Yeah, he it's has a slight smile to him as he's doing it. And yeah. Sure. So what did you give uh, action stunts? Um, Like a one and a half. I gave it a two. I was a little kinder. Okay. Uh, so that's it for that category. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, sidekicks. We've got some side characters in this movie. So yeah, we I are... guess uh, Wilf is one, and I and I guess uh, screw that. Ricketts let's the other, right? Yeah, let's, let's start talking about Michael Hogan playing Bud Ricketts, the lumber mill manager that Arthur kidnaps. Yeah, and I, I mentioned it like I, I love Michael Hogan, especially from Battlestar Galactica as Colonel Saltai. Yep, he was great on that show. Great, so good. Good show. <laughs> oh, by the way, I don't know why, but like Arthur occasionally slips into like an Irish accent to mock. Uh, Bud Ricketts. I'm like, he's not playing it Irish. I don't know why. I I don't know either. <laughs> it was weird. I thought that was odd a couple of times. He's definitely Canadian. He's saying A yeah. after stuff. I don't know. That is a really good point. I did notice that a couple of times from Arthur. Like, wait, why are you... Why? Is he just assuming like all white people like that are Irish? I don't know. <laughs> right? That's what I'm like. Are all old white people Irish now? God damn it. I don't know. I mean, he he's quick to make a lot of comments about white people. I mean, mostly fair, but yeah. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> if, if he started, like, mocking me with, like, an Irish accent or something, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, my favorite Ricketts part... Well, there's a couple of them. Uh, I love <laughs> when Ricketts is first with Arthur and Peter in the canoe, and Ricketts asks Peter if he can handle his Indian... Yeah. And Peter just stares and then looks away sheepishly, and Ricketts sarcastically shouts, "Well, I am filled with confidence." <laughs> I, I just, I loved it. Um, everything Ricketts does is actually pretty great. Um, he is so good in this movie. I really enjoyed. I kind of uh, wish there was no Peter and it was just Ricketts. Right. I like how Ricketts dressed uh, Peter down. Um, when Peter confronts him in his at his mill in the towards the beginning of the movie, and Ricketts just basically completely owns him um, and embarrasses him in a cool way. I I, I think everything delivery. Why don't you do something? What's wrong with you? <laughs> everything at the gas station with him is good. I love everything where it's like you're 
you're not tied up. Go run. Run for that. Like, I like He all literally that has to convince him. There are two hunters over there. Go and get help. Yeah. You nebbish little twat. Like, yeah, let's go. not tied up. Like, yeah. Um, I like, um, I like when he's clearly, like, wounded and getting delirious. This is my other favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he starts he to like for soup. sing and ask for soup and all this kind of weird, like it's clearly, yeah. it's good. Beef stuff. and barley. Yeah. I don't like tomato toast, yeah. toast with the crust cut off. Eh? Uh, on the boat <laughs> where, where he's clearly like had enough. So he just starts <laughs> hurling insults at everybody. Yeah. Uh, mostly at Peter too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he yeah. hates them both, but he really has just like utter disdain for Peter. Yeah, because I, I think... Just like this movie does. Yeah, I think he at least understands Arthur. And he Yeah, he's like, he we're both men of action. To, yeah, you shut like, up. We're not talking this out. Yeah, like, man. He's, he's being like, hey, I think this is your perspective. Let, let's, let's get down to it, to, to what you want. Yeah. And I think he looks at Peter as like a bottom feeder. Like, you're worse than any of us. Mm-hmm. basically like i i at least he thinks of himself as like i'm doing something yes i make money but everybody is getting something from this well, as well he's what like, I'm listen doing, what do you get that only helps you there's a thousand people in this town it yeah. survives off this lumber mill if you don't want me to do this anymore make people stop uh using paper products you yeah. know like you need me and <laughs> Yeah, and he's legitly, and, she, and he also says too, like, I'm doing this to keep my mill at capacity to employ people. Yeah. So like, you're kind of like, all right, yeah, I kind of get it, and and it's and it's weird because it doesn't seem necessarily about Native American land or whatever indigenous groups land. It's it's about a road. Well, the. The road to specifically cut down trees on indigenous land. Yeah, but it but, but it's weird that the court case didn't get at the indigenous land part because then I feel like that would be the winning area to go with. Which is what they tell him. Like, why didn't you do this? He's like, well, I, I thought going with the road is the first best way to go for it because its only purpose to exist is to go after indigenous land. So like, stupid. Well, that's what they told him, which I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, but I, man, you're a horrible lawyer. Probably. Yeah, because like I, I feel like going for when you go indigenous and you go protected lands or with that's the kind of route to go with that kind of stuff, like a road. Mm. Anyway, yeah, uh, I love Michael Hogan. Surprised he never actually guest starred in the X Files. This fine Canadian actor. I feel like every Canadian actor did at one point or other. Uh, it is kind of surprising, I have to say. I'm like I'm trying to think, like, was there an episode I missed or something? Because yeah, cause, no, yeah, it wasn't him. He's he's pretty solid in, in like everything I've seen him in. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't think there's a bad bit. <laughs> I mean like literally every Canadian actor appeared in the X Files at some point. Hell, Terry O'Quinn, who is not Canadian, appeared like like twice plus the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what's sad? Like Um never mind. Never mind. Okay. I'm trying to. Th- I, it, it, what's sad is like, I, actually, I don't know. Like, it, the only things that they show up for him credits, like for a known for type of stuff, is Battlestar Galactica. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's got to be other stuff, but that's, it's interesting that that's, that's like the thing that shows up. Uh, oh, on IMDb. Yeah. 
Like that's. I, I, well, I see they mentioned Red Riding Hood. You saw that movie. Yeah, I remember oh, you how bad it was. Right. <laughs> I did see that movie. That was uh, terrible. That's kind of what killed her career before she <coughs> brought it back kind of more recently, especially with... Um, you talking about Amanda Seyfried? Yeah, like I think Monk and um, and stuff is kind of what's kind of brought her back. Um, I feel like that, that movie is like one of the ones that kind of killed it. Oh. Uh but yeah, Mank, you mean my, Mank. Mank. Sorry, my, my bad, Mank. <laughs> like, was Monk. she on an episode of Monk? <laughs> my bad. Um, uh, like, yeah, no, you know, he's, he's mostly a TV actor. What can I tell you? And that was the biggest TV party ever had. Um, That's true. He, he, was, he was great on uh, some episodes of Fargo. Um, but I'm, I'm always happy to see him anytime I see him. General uh, he's, Slade Wilson from Smallville. Two oh. episodes episode of supernatural my dude is always working in canada <laughs> got an episode of psych yeah you know you love yourself some psych it was a good show yeah man i mean he's he's good and it he's great in this movie part he was, he was yeah. great in this movie really was so moving on you got wilf uh the leader of the tribe that peter represents yeah he's played by floyd red crow westerman uh famously played albert hostein on the x-files can't tell if he approves of Arthur doing what he's doing. When Peter begs for him uh, to make Arthur stop, he responds with, the influence of an elder can be overrated. Yeah. Whatever that means. Whatever that, he, yeah, he says it a few times. Um, he seems to be so complacent. I don't know about complacent, but he just seems to kind of be like, yeah, whatever, you know. You, he doesn't yeah, seem this, to be all that broken up about anything. This is happening. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't... What's really weird is the way he just like know. appears out of nowhere at one point in this movie. Just yeah. all of a sudden he's there with them in the woods. He also disappears randomly. Right after he's done telling the story about Wasayajak. Yeah. And then Peter's calling him after that because he just, he's just gone. Yeah. It's a really... It's a weird... It's a weird bit. Like, um, I, I, I mean, I think he's... I'm pretty sure he can only kind of really do this kind of a part. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, but but it's it's. Um, so anyway, let, let's anyway, get into he's this. He's not so, bad in what he's doing. It's just, no, it's just a weird weird part. Weird the character weird, is really weirdly written. Yeah, because I'm like, wait, is he mystical or not, or what? Let's, is he even actually there? I is don't he know. Giving the girl the directions. I I don't know. So well, so let's get to the part where he appears and tells the story of Wasajak. Yeah. Like I said, he's there all of a sudden with, in the woods with them. And he tells them, I need to tell you a story about Wasajak, yeah. the deceiver. <laughs> and he tells Peter and Ricketts, although Ricketts is basically delusional at this point. He's like, Wasajak was told to teach man how to live the right way, how to be able to get along with the creatures of the forest. But Wasekajek made quarrels. He stained the ground with blood. They told him no more, but he didn't listen. Wasekajek had to be stopped. There was too much blood. He had become a victim of his own stupid ways. He had lost himself. He had to be stopped. And then he disappears. And so, what's so weird about that, because to me, at first, the way I'm interpreting that is he's Arthur is using Wasekajek. that metaphor to talk about Arthur. 
Right, but he's like letting you know that Arthur is actually was Hake Jack. Yeah. But like But I guess Arthur's is is controlled by the girl, so No no. Arthur is the girl, it's the same person. Okay. Which still doesn't really make sense to the story the, then. I, I mean... Well, he's so, a mystical character. So he, could, he appears in many different forms. He is the deceiver. But, but my so question the is... like the like, deceiver or the girl? I, I, I don't girl know. is okay. with Seikachek. It's a different form because Arthur just disappears. It's actually... It's still Arthur. Arthur is that girl. Arthur and Polly are the same... Are with Seikachek. Okay, so she's being this mythical character or the mythical character is both think of yeah both it's like it's like loki just being in different forms gotcha <laughs> but like he's like sure. arthur's just like oh um sorry wolf is like yeah he's got to be stopped like any any clues on how to do that buddy and like nope and just goes away like yeah well what the hell was that for it's your kind of god and why can't you help me with it kind of deal i guess like, thanks for the backstory, but you didn't tell me how to stop him. You just said he's got to be stopped. It's gone too far or whatever. I'm not even right. sure if it's actually Wilf or if that's just another projection by Waseka Jack. Yeah. I don't Especially know. Especially because how, how did it randomly come across them? How did it find them? I mean, I'm still... How did the police end up finding them? But... Um, well, just coming across I, their campfire, maybe I guess on the lake. I oh, don't know. the Mounties that came and they got killed. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, well, at one point, um, Bud says, "Like you know, I can hear my cats out there. We're not that far from the his cut site, hmm. so maybe they were looking in that area. I don't know, but yeah, it doesn't maybe. make any sense really. Yeah, especially how how large the forest is." These two yeah, guys are just out by themselves. So like, it seems like work. it's a really large area, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they, you know, the 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 way the plane had to get there, the way they there's so much jet setting around from place to place on the lake through this boat. It it seems pretty huge. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about Wolf's. I want to say a special shout out to Tom, Wolf's right hand man. Who speaks for all Americans watching Canadian film? Who says all police are Mounties? <laughs> and another special shout out to the nameless native who asks, "So what the hell was this all for?" <laughs> when Peter and Wilfer getting arrested at the end of the movie, just like this I, dude in the hat, and I'm know. like, "Yeah, man, I don't know." <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. Yeah, right. Like, what? so I, I I gave the side characters a two. I don't know what you gave. Um, I I gave I gave it a two. Okay. Yeah. See, I gave the movie an eight. You gave it a seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half. Uh, I'm probably gonna stick with my eight for my rankings because I think it's right in the it's exactly in that category of Pet Cemetery and The Vagrant, but I'll put it below both of those movies. Right. I'm like this. This is one. It's not a very good movie, but this is like this is great performance. You got to check out. <laughs> if you're a fan, sure. I, I, um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, in some ways, I, I, it really wasn't a horror movie. No. Um, 
I, I kind of have it at a, uh, so I, I, where do I have it? I have it right under Raising Cane. I hope you have it under Raising Cane. Yeah, I have it under Raising Cane. Remember, I only gave Raising Cane a seven and a half. Yeah. Um, I'll never so, forgive you for that. Yeah, I, I have it over Dr. Giggles, uh, Lawnmower Man, Twin Peaks, and Split Second. Yep. So you have it at an eight. Yeah. So you have it tied with Pet Cemetery 2 and The Vagrant. I have it underneath both of those movies. I would. Both of those movies? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And while it's, I have it ranked higher here than Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, I guarantee I'm probably going to watch Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me again before I watch this movie again. Um, I know you never will. No, but. I won't. Yeah, I, I really won't. I, um, yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah, no. Twin yeah. Peaks, I, I loathe. I, yeah, no. Not, yeah, you, not you made that. Me. You made that point very clear. Yes, right? I think so. So, sadly, I could not find any info on this movie's budget or its box office. So, I have nothing else to add as oh, far wow. as uh, Actually, extra. We both have clear cut 12th. There you go. Yeah, slightly different. So, Tim, what are we watching next week? Uh, so, really, there's nothing. I guess because the Canadianness of it all, there's just there's just not enough there. Not enough of what there. Like information, fun facts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's weird. So, uh, what are what are um, we watching next week, Tim? So we're got four movies left. We got four, and and I'm kind of I'm I'm in the thinking of um like let's kind of hit all of the the best stuff for the very end. Okay. Um, so, or at least the, yeah, the stuff that I, I know the most, all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm thinking, um, innocent blood. Exciting. I've never seen it. Yeah. I've never seen it. So I'm, I'm definitely curious. It is a rental. So sorry, everybody. Um, but Marie is a vampire with a thirst for bad guys. Actually, fails to properly dispose of one of her victims, a violent mob boss. She bites off more than she can chew and faces a new immortal danger. Well, let's... The real highlights of this movie. One, directed by John Landis. Yeah, I noticed that, yep. Two, we're going to have Anthony LaPaglia, this Australian man, doing an Italian accent again. Which <laughs> Robert always, always hilarious to hear Anthony LaPaglia do Italian accent. Yeah. While he looks Italian, my man could not always sound more Australian. Just like right. It always slips out. Yep. And it's really funny. Um, yep. Robert Loja. Robert Loja. Jazz Palminteri. Terry, yeah. Kim Coates. Angela Bassett. Luis Guzman. D- Tony Soracho? Soraco? Do I know that guy? You never watched The Soprano. See, uh, that's where yeah. I know him, though. I know Sopranos well enough, though. To know his face. Okay, yep. John <laughs> Luis Guzman. Oh, man. Yeah, he played Polly. Uh, Tariq Sirico played, played Polly Walnuts. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I'm a little hey, worried. I, it's still a vampire <laughs> thing, right? So that's kind of how it's still a horror-ish. But I guess, yeah, it says action, comedy, crime. <laughs> vampire decides to go after the mob because she feels less bad again, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen premises of that before where vampires are, are purposely going over or after the bad people or whatever, right? Or it's it's, a, it's like a uh, supernatural version of Dexter. 
I was going to say it's Red Harvest or okay. uh, um, Jimbo or right. <laughs> right. Fistful of Dollars, but with vampires. Yeah. Right. Just right, going right, to go right. place two gangs off each other while It's I'm a premise we've seen before. Yeah. It's just yeah. the stick of a vampire attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm down for. Yeah, and then I, I'm excited for that because then that means like we end with some some pretty awesome movies to end mm-hmm. the season with, uh, you know, uh, Death Becomes Your Candyman and Bram Stoker. So that's pretty awesome. Yep. All right, man. You got uh, you got anything else to add here? Not a thing. All right. That is it for us. Please share your support for the podcast by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you have show also sharing is caring be sure to follow us on the social media to get the latest show updates you can contact us by emailing at filmgrowchamp at gmail.com or find us by searching for hashtag filmgrowchamp thank you for listening to this episode of the film Championship podcast peace out everyone that's oral tradition